Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. I'm Derek Morris. And I'm Anthony Kent. And we're delighted that you've joined us for another program of Ministry in Motion. Derek, we've got an exciting program today. Tell us about it. Well, we're talking about technology in ministry. And our guest, Dave Gemmel, brings some expertise that will be a blessing to all of our viewers. He really does have some expertise, doesn't he? And as well as that, this is a really important topic. It's a changing world. And one of the things that's perpetually changing is technology. You know, just think back a few years, uh, Anthony, to technology that, that maybe you used when you were starting your ministry. Oh, yeah. I can remember <laughs> slide projectors. And What's a slide projector? Exactly. Don't give me that. You remember full well what a slide projector Technology's is. Technology's changed so much even in the past five years. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to talk about how to use technology effectively. What are some of the dangers? Where are the great opportunities? So we're glad you joined us for Ministry in Motion today with our guest Dave Gamble coming up after the break. You will learn some things that will help you to make a difference in your community, to be the leader that God's called you to be. We'll be right back with Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, technology in ministry, and our guest, Dave Gemmel. Dave, it's good to have you here. It's great to be now, here. Now, I know that now you're a um, associate director for the Ministerial Association in North America for the Adventist Church, but you started out ministry how? Local pastor? What were you doing? I've been pastoring uh, since 1978, and I'm still pastoring in a local congregation, uh, as well as my responsibilities with the United States and Canada, North America. So we're talking about technology. What was it like back then and how has technology changed and how has it changed our culture? Well, my, my dream technology at that point was to save up for an IBM Selectric 2 typewriter. It was $2,000, if you can imagine, that much money. And then you had to buy a different font, $20 for That's each. those little balls. The, the little element you put on around. there that gives a little different font. That was technology back in those days. I, I don't know if I could sell that for $50 today, but it was a big expense and it was going to change my life forever. Sounds like even back then you were wanting to use technology. How, how have you seen uh, culture change as a result of the amazing changes in technology? Yeah, technology is changing so rapidly that, that we can't keep up. In fact, if I were to say something right now what the latest technology is, if this show were to air six months from now, it would be way off. So I think probably more important is, is how technology has changed us and changed uh, the people that we do ministry with. So let's talk about that. I see people walking along, even next to each other, and, and they're both texting. Uh, they're not talking to each other. Uh, are we talking about a, a totally different way of communicating? Exactly. In fact, you're in someone's presence, and it doesn't feel like you're really in their presence. Uh, they, they seem kind of socially misfit. In fact, first time this happened, I was in an airport, and I was talking to this lady that was sitting across from me, and we were having this engaging conversation, and she asked me out for a date. And what I didn't realize is that she wasn't talking to me at all. She was talking to someone on her cell phone with a little thing in her, in her ear. <laughs> and so, so we, we have this experience where we think we're close to people, but we're really not. And it, it's hard to figure that out until we realize that people are much more socially connected today than, than previous generations. So how is it going to affect the way we do ministry? Uh, if people have changed, 
uh, how, do, how do we connect with them when they're on a totally different wavelength? Well, it opens up all kinds of opportunity for ministry. We don't have to necessarily be in the same presence, physical space as someone else to do ministry. Uh, one of my associate uh, pastors, uh, Anne, when she discovered texting, it's amazing how her ministry has changed. She leads people to Christ in the middle of the night via text, and she counsels people via text, and so it really expands the horizons uh, for ministry. Well, let me share with you something that happened to me in the last five years, because I'd been teaching at a university, went back out to pastor. Especially in the last five years, I saw the opportunity to connect with a global community in a way that I'd never seen before. I used to think you had to have a big organization, but it seems that even a church with a few hundred members, if they've got a willingness to use technology uh, effectively, could actually have a voice that could be heard around the world. Exactly. There's some pastors that are preaching sermons and distributing them on the web that go all over the world. Um, but I think more importantly, even our own congregations, our local congregations can impact their communities uh, through these different uh, technology uh, mediums, such as the web. Um, you may be able to broadcast a service on the web. Um, may be able to have interactive technology on the web. Incredible reach can happen with, with the technology that's, that's available today. You know, there's probably someone watching our program and saying, well, Dave is obviously a techie. You know, I mean, you did have one of those Selectric IBM typewriters uh, 30 years ago. Um, I, I'm, I'm more uh, inhibited. Um, so I, I, I'm not able to use that. Tell, tell me, how, how does a pastor who, who realizes culture is changing and opportunities are changing, how does she or how does he equip, how do they equip themselves for this new generation? Yeah, I don't think it's the pastor's responsibility to be totally up on all the technology because no one really can do that. But God equips every congregation with people, and they're typically young people that do know that technology. So find a, a young adult, someone that knows technology, and, and let that person be your mentor. Uh, Andy is my mentor. Whenever I have a problem, I talk to Andy, and I say, Andy, tell me what is going on here? And in about 15 minutes, he talks some kind of gibberish, and then suddenly I understand it. So the, the main point is to find someone that knows it, and it's usually a young adult. You know, uh, when I was in Orlando a couple of years ago, uh, we had a young man there. He, he actually began on our AV team when he was 12. And he, he was engaged. It kept him connected to the church. But he was so uh, passionate about sharing the message that he actually went to Full Sail, which is a university there in Orlando, and studied media uh, so that he could be more effective in his ministry. What I hear you saying is, that the pastor doesn't need to have all of the expertise, but needs to know how to network with people who do. And, and the double blessing is, is if you can find some young people that are involved in it, that gets them involved in the church, sure. where the rest of the time they would probably be just gazing from, from afar, and now they're right in the thick of things if you can, you can liberate them to, to do what they do best, and that is use technology. That's awesome. About five years ago, someone came to my office, maybe six years now, and said, Derek, God wants you to speak to the world. And I thought, I have no money. How's that going to happen? And he said, I don't know, but get ready. And I think that paradigm shift where we recognize that, that, that we have avenues of communicating with people that we didn't have before. And as you said, God might even lead people with expertise into our community 
if he sees that we have the vision. Uh, that took us from speaking to a couple of thousand people to speaking to tens of thousands of people. Exactly. And, and into church itself, you can, it can change the technology and how you do business. You can do small groups virtually. Not everybody has to be in the same place uh, to be able to do it. You can talk on the phone. There's prayer meetings that are out using teleconference. So you can just dial into an 800 number and have a prayer meeting wherever you are. Um, also, church can change. We're used to being at the same time in the same place to do more board meetings. With discussion groups, you can have a board meeting and have it go virtually, you know, say a week. And when anybody wants to, uh, to dial in, they can do that and, and, and post their discussion question, post their answer, take a vote. And at the end of the week, you've had board meeting and no one has ever had to. to Sounds like a communication house. revolution. Right after the break, we'll, we'll talk about some things that, Dave, you're doing in your local church. You're a pastor in a local church. Some real live ways that you can use technology to make a difference. We'd also like to hear from you. And you can go to our website at ministryemotion.tv. Send us some things that are making a difference in your ministry. Ministry in Motion, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, technology in ministry. And our guest, uh, Dave Gimmel. Good to have you here, Dave. Great to be here. Uh, I feel like I want to learn from you. Just tell me all of the things that, that you've been doing in ministry. I know you're active in a local congregation, New Hope. And uh, you've got a reputation as a church family for kind of a church without walls. Tell me some of the ways that you're using technology to have maximum impact for the kingdom. Well, there's a couple ways. Uh, number one is the worship service itself. It can be streamed. You can watch it all over the world, wherever you are on the Internet. And that increases the, the congregation. People are able to, to enjoy the worship service where they can't physically get to the site. Uh, we have prayer meetings. We have small groups uh, virtually. And so this is a way that we can use technology to, to get around some of the typical barriers of, of, uh, of a physical plant and, and, and distance. Now, I've actually attended your church online. I took the opportunity to come. I've noticed uh, something about your website, which is another way you use technology. Uh, some places I go when I want to listen to a message or watch a message, I, I get charged $3.95. Uh, I've noticed, if I remember correctly, on the New Hope website that it's all free. There's no charge for it. And, and one thing that we're just adding, I believe this week, you can become not only just watching the, uh, watching the worship service, but you can experience the worship service through chat. And there will be a live person on the other end that can, can speak with you about what's going on in the worship service, maybe, maybe pray with you and do some counseling. Uh, so really are a part of the worship service if, if you log on. That's amazing. How do, you, how do you motivate your church members to invest in that kind of ministry. They could say, listen, people, let them find a church where they, they live. How, how did you get the church to buy into that global vision that is willing to invest in technology to, to have a church without walls? I think the senior pastor has to, to play a, a big role in it and cast a vision as far as what the mission of the church is. And then people rally around that vision. And, and there's always those techie people in the church that get excited when they have permission to use technology for the glory of God. 
You know, we started uh, in my last assignment in Orlando, we started uh, House of Prayer and we streamed it. And people said, people are not going to come online for prayer meeting, for a house of prayer. And yet we discovered they do. Uh, is that because there's no prayer where they are or is it just because they're more comfortable in that kind of environment? Have you done any research on why people join these uh, online services? I don't know if there's been, I'm aware of any official research. That I have my hunch on it. A part of it has to do with just uh, people are busy and it's difficult sometimes to drive uh, for, a, for a short meeting. And there's, a, there's also kind of an intimacy of, of, of being at home, being at your computer, being at your phone, and you really feel like you're engaged and uh, it, it, it helps the planet too. It saves gas, it saves energy. So I think it can all be a good thing. I remember getting an email from someone who, when an appeal was made in a service, knelt down in front of her laptop. And you just say, what? Our culture's changed. Somehow that, that's very real. Uh, we might say that's not real, that's just a program, but, but to, that, to this culture, that, that's as real as being there in person, it seems anyway. We're not confined by space nor time anymore with technology. Yeah. There's a couple things also in the worship service that can extend that worship service to those that can't make it. For example, I believe at Forest Lake Church where you used to pastor, there was a, a, a call for prayer. And yes. instead of praying for the individual, instead they were instructed, text the person in the hospital right now. Now, can you imagine you're sitting there in the hospital and your phone starts going bzz, bzz, bzz. You look at it, wow, 50, 75 texts coming in. We're praying for you. That really can extend the, uh, the, the, uh, the grace of the congregation outside its walls. We had a very creative young adult pastor. We did a lot of team preaching together, Danny Hernandez. And we did a series called Inspired Text Messages on small uh, epistles. And we actually encouraged people during the sermon to text questions to us. So it was the one time we said, don't turn off your phone. Yeah. You know, what was interesting is that the young people were more engaged than they ever had been. Somehow that gave them permission. It makes to church be a two-way street instead of just yeah. a one-way street. Uh, I, I did a sermon a, a couple months ago where I asked people to text their messages on what their dreams were for the new year. And they went up on the screen behind me. Really? So it became public? So they helped me preach the sermon. <laughs> Tell me some other things that you're doing at New Hope. Uh, you've, you're streaming the service. You're, you're doing groups that can meet or kind of a virtual meeting. What, what are some other ways you're using technology uh, in ministry? Yeah, well, I think the discussion uh, board was, was something that was revolutionary to me. Uh, when I'm in board meeting, uh, everybody has to be the same time, the same place. And I was structuring our young adults to get together, and I discovered that they weren't getting together, but the work was getting done. And then I looked on Facebook and discovered the entire meeting from beginning to end all happened on Facebook. All the planning, all the arrangements, all the delegation, all the duties, all the brainstorming. Amazing. It happened on a Facebook discussion. And you're page. talking not necessarily all at the same time, but people kind of came in at different times as they were able? Exactly, because people can't always be the same time, the same place, but they can still get the work of the Lord done. So again, let's think about someone watching who's not done any of this before, and they're feeling Dave, you're talking language that I don't even understand. You, you've said uh, find people in your congregation, network with them. Um, how do you know the right people to ask? 
Well, most congregations will have people that are, that are experts in technology, typically younger people. And social networking, there's some great um, uh, gifted people in, in your congregation. And all you have to do is ask, um, get on Facebook or any other social networks and start asking around and all of a sudden these people will just bubble up to the top and then liberate them, give them permission to do what, what they're wired to do. Sounds like they really want to help lead. You know, after the break, we're going to talk about some of the dangers of technology. Um, because as one person told me, the basis of any effective use of technology is having something to say. So technology in itself is not an end. It's a, it's a tool. We'll talk about some of the dangers and also some, about some of the opportunities that may be right around the corner as we think about using technology in ministry. We'll be right back with Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, technology in ministry. Our co-host, Anthony Kent's with us again. Thanks, Derek. And Dave Gamble, thanks so much for being with us. Now, again, you're Associate Director for the Ministerial Association for North American Division, the Adventist Church. And I don't know if you have special responsibility for technology, but you've obviously got a passion for using technology while in ministry. I do. I and do. I want to talk to you in this last segment about some dangers. But first, you've got some expertise in using PowerPoint and preaching. I'm passionate about preaching well. I've heard people use PowerPoint very ineffectively. Um, Tell us about some key lessons you've learned about this technology, PowerPoint, for preaching well. Yeah, let's, let's roll back a few years. You know, PowerPoint has been around for a long time. I was an early adopter in PowerPoint, and, and how I started doing it is I discovered that most of the people attending my church, well, 60% or 70%, were women. And I tried to figure out why aren't men coming, and then I discovered men and future generations of people in general are very visual. And so we invested heavily in projectors and screens and started putting pictures up on the screen. And within a year, now we had more men coming to church than, than women. Just simply putting pictures up. Guys like pictures. And now with, with future generations that are raised on the Internet, uh, everybody loves pictures. So visual's good, but you could come up with 70 visuals that are just kind of scattered. How do you use them well in, in conveying a biblical message? Well, I think the truth of, of the pictures is still, still relevant. I see a lot of bad PowerPoint, <laughs> to be honest with you. And the bad PowerPoint is just simply bulleting people to death mm. and, and just putting text after text after text keeps bulleting across the screen. And that really doesn't do anything. I think the, the power of, of, of PowerPoint um, is, or Keynote or whatever it is, is the picture itself. And I think what works really well, if you can choose one metaphor, one visual metaphor that encompasses your sermon and what you're trying to get across, then just let that metaphor speak for itself and invite people in. Keep the pictures just very simple and text very simple and a minimalistic approach, well done, uh, will, will really be uh, save the day in PowerPoint. So Dave, if, if a pastor isn't a graphic designer or an artist, what, what would you suggest that a pastor do or wh where should they go to, to access something like what you're talking about? Yeah, most pastors aren't graphic designers and so we probably shouldn't be doing graphic design. We shouldn't even be doing PowerPoint. Or we get stressed out because <laughs> we, we can't get it done right. Yeah. But 
we need to find out those people that, that can do it. If your mm -hmm. church has a graphic designer in it and you're blessed with that, you may want to turn to that graphic designer and say, can you just design me a simple template for the, for the sermon this week and I'm going to just drop in some text. Mm -hmm. If you have no one like that, there are places where you can go to at a minimal fee to be able to get templates that are pre-done, nice pictures, nice metaphors, and then you can drop in the text and, and, and you'll look like a million bucks. Derek, that would be a great thing to put on our website. That's right. Links. Now, it wouldn't cost a million dollars, though, right? What are we talking about cost-wise to get a template like that? Uh, sometimes you could buy big libraries, but now, more often than not, people are just picking out one template off a website. Five or ten dollars, maybe fifteen dollars uh, will take care of it. And then you have a license to be able to use that template and for whatever you want there in the church. Mm. So, any other lessons you've learned in terms of using PowerPoint for preaching or other technologies? Well, for PowerPoint, I think uh, less is more for the most part. If you can have a nice picture up there, that's great. If, if you don't have to have, you don't have to have PowerPoint to be able to preach. Right. And if you put your whole sermon up there on PowerPoint and it didn't make any sense in the first place, and you have it, it up won't on make PowerPoint, sense now everybody knows it doesn't, doesn't make sense. So PowerPoint can only serve to accentuate what's already there. It, it can't create something out of nothing. What about some dangers? Uh, you, you've examine, you're trying to make technology work, you, you're trying to train pastors to use technology well. What well, are we, some of the we, dangers? Yeah, we've alluded to the first danger, and that is the time that goes into these things, and we need to find people that are good and quick uh, to do it. Uh, the, another, another danger is, is the cost, yeah. and technology, when it first comes out, is very, very expensive, and I guess, I, I think for churches, we don't necessarily have to be on the bleeding edge of technology. You know, technology goes through this bell curve, and if, if you wait till you're on the back side of that bell curve, things get to be very affordable in that sweet spot, uh, wherever you are in the world, whatever that technology is. Wait till it's very popular and very cheap, and then begin to use it, and, and you'll be fine, and everybody will know how to use it, and it'll solve both the problems of time and, and money. Mm. Sounds like you have to stay up with new technology, but then be patient, wait for the right time. Uh, it seems to me that vision is important here, too, because resources are available if the vision is there. So how do you as a leader cast a vision for your community that, that they'll then embrace with time? You talked about volunteerism with resources. How do you do that? Yeah, well, the vision has to come from the, from the lead pastor, and, and the vision is always about mission. You know, what has God called our congregation to do here, and how best can we accomplish that? And is there a technology available that will help us to do this more effectively, more cost-effectively? And that's, that's where the vision really sells technology. Technology is only a tool. So it sounds like here that technology isn't there to replace the human touch, but to actually enhance and enlarge the, the ministries that we're capable of doing. Well said. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really remarkable to see what God could do, but I want to reaffirm something you, you said, uh, Dave, and, and that is that it's driven by mission. It's not, it's not driven by flash appeal or uh, trying to impress people. Yeah. In fact, the opposite is just the case with new generations coming along. They, that's a turnoff for them. And, and if it's just technology for showing off technology, Ah, that doesn't work for them. So it needs to be done well, needs to be done in a, in a very background uh, way so that the message and the medium and the mission are, are first and foremost. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been a great 
a challenge to me. I, I've seen miracles over the past five years in my own ministry, but I know, as you said earlier, that we really don't know what the next wave is. Uh, something else is going to come along that we as leaders ought to seize uh, in order to maximize our impact for yeah. the kingdom of heaven. Keep our eyes open, and when that wave hits, ride the wave. Dave, thanks for joining us today. It's been great to have you. Anthony, thanks, good man. conversation. Thank you for joining us. Uh, maybe you're an expert in technology and ministry, and you could share some insights with our Ministry in Motion family that could bless their lives. You can go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv. Leave some feedback for us there. There's also resources that might help you. Perhaps you missed the first part of this program or other programs in the series. Go to our website at ministryinmotion.tv. One thing is certain. God wants to use you to impact your world. He has plans for you. He has dreams. When you bring those dreams into alignment with His dreams, that could use you in a profound way. And technology can be a part of that ministry to bless the lives not only of your community, but the lives of people around the world. I pray you've been challenged by our study today. Thanks for being with us on Ministry in Motion. May God bless you in your ministry for Him. <music>